All right, guys, what we're going to cover in this episode is nationalist opposition to partition. So essentially by 1914, both unionists and nationalists had agreed to the idea of partition on the island of Ireland. So partition is essentially the division of Ireland into what we know as North and South at this time. However, the next challenge was essentially what was going to happen to the area in Northern Ireland that would be excluded from the introduction of home rule. So Redmond offered Carson a home rule within a home rule, if you would, which was essentially a separate Belfast Parliament under the control of the Dublin Parliament. However, Carson refused, saying that he wanted to stay under the control of Westminster. If you think back to our last episode, we looked at how the Ulster Unionists demonstrated their opposition to the idea of home rule. Now we're going to see how the Nationalists demonstrate their opposition to the idea of partition. So there's two major events we can cover here looking at how nationalists oppose the idea of partition where Northern Ireland or Ulster would be excluded from the introduction of Home Rule. Firstly, we can look at the growth of the IRB and secondly, we can look at the formation of the Irish Volunteer Force. Firstly, we can look at the growth of the IRB and how this, I suppose would help nationalists demonstrate their opposition to the introduction of partition on the island of Ireland. So the IRB was essentially a secret outbound organisation that you could describe as a group of dedicated revolutionaries whose aim was to organise an armed rebellion against British rule and achieve full independence in Ireland. The revival of the IRB essentially could be accredited to Sean McDermott, Bulmer Hobson and most importantly maybe Tom Clark who will study at a later point who essentially would become known as the architect of the 1916 Rising. Tom Clark's a very interesting revolutionary personality here um, who had historical ties to the IRB and who would go on to become known as the architect for the 1916 rising. Now in the years in the late 19th century or the late 1800s, Tom Clark actually served a life sentence or what would be known as 15 years in prison for essentially trying to let off a bomb in Britain. He was caught with a bomb as he was traveling from Ireland to Britain. Now he served most of those years in solitary confinement in a British prison. And I just think it's important to gain an understanding into i suppose the mentality of the men who were reviving the irb at this time as tom clark spent most of those 15 years in prison in solitary confinement where the only access he had to the outside world was the one book that he was given by the british prison officers that book was the bible so i think that story about tom clark really just shows the mental strength of these men and the willingness of these men, the lengths that they were willing to go to in order to achieve their goals of a full separate Ireland, completely detached from British rule. 
Secondly, we could look to the formation of the IVF as an example of Irish opposition to the idea of partition. So Owen McNeill, who was founder of the Gaelic League, suggested this idea of setting up a nationalist volunteer force basically in direct response to the formation of the UVF in Ulster. Now, he actually released this information in an article in Clavha Solace, which was essentially a nationalist newspaper written in the Irish language that looked to promote the Irish language at that time. But this article was a call to set up a nationalist volunteer force to defend the rights of nationalists in Ireland at this time. The IRB seen this as the perfect opportunity to militarise themselves in preparation for the armed rebellion that they had essentially revived the organisation for. Um, and what's important to understand here is that both the IRB and Owen McNeill and the Irish Volunteer Force believed that the British could not stop them as they hadn't stopped the UVF in Ulster. So McNeill and uh, Bulmer Hobson met in Rotunda Concert Hall in November 1913 and they agreed to set up the Irish Volunteers, Irish National Volunteers and 3,000 men enrolled that evening. McNeill and Hobson set up a provisional committee to run the movement. However, McNeill did not know that the majority of the provisional committee were also members of the IRB. So this is where we're going to see the crossing of this spectrum of nationalism at this time, where although you could group all these men in as nationalists, they all had differing ideas and opinions on how they were going to achieve an Irish Republic and the lengths that they were willing to go to in order to achieve that. So most of the men in the IRB, which was a secret outbound organization, were willing to use force to achieve an Irish Republic, while Owen McNeill was a little bit more moderate, shall we say. He didn't believe in using force against the British unless um, it was in retaliation. It's also important to note that during this meeting in the Rotunda Concert Hall on the 25th of November 1913, we also see the formation of Cumann which would essentially be the women's wing of the National Volunteer Force in Ireland. Now, Cumann was founded on this evening as well as a number of women attended the meeting in Rotunda Hall, um, just to name a few, Mary Collum, Agnes O'Farrelly, and I just thought it was important to note that there, as I'll be touching back upon the Coming Amon movement at later podcasts and its role in this period of Irish revolutionary history. And then finally, where are we going to use this in an exam situation? So much like the previous podcast on Ulster or Unionist opposition to Home Rule, we'll look to use this paragraph on um, the growth of the IRB and the formation of the IVF in that essay title which factors contributed most to the partition of Ireland and we'll really just look to focus in on the point how um, the growth of the IRB and the formation of the IVF led to increased tensions on the island of Ireland between um, Ulster Unionists and Nationalists and how this would essentially contribute to the partition of Ireland as we see a widening gap between the two values and beliefs of both Ulster Unionists and Nationalists on the island. I'm going to leave it there folks and I'll speak to you soon.